Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Tuesday the 20th of September. Today I am joined by Daphne Looper, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi there, Daphne. How are you today? Hi, Peter. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yep, very good, thank you. Very good. Right, so um, what story have you picked out from today's Watson's Daily? So today I've picked the story about the EU enacting emergency um, supply powers. Um, So what has happened is that Brussels has enforce a single market emergency instrument, which is going to allow them to stockpile supply of key products um, Mm -hmm. and break contracts, importantly, during a crisis. Yep. Um, And the reasoning for this, as told by the commission, is that um, they want to preserve the free movement of goods um, in the anticipation of a crisis. So it's reasonable to assume that... um, desperation and crisis usually leads to internal protectionism yes um so we saw a lot of that didn't we in um you know with uh with covid a lot of countries suddenly went from being very friendly and open and 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 accommodating to well no we're just looking after our own people thank you very much yeah exactly very self-serving but rightfully so so Mm. there is a very good underlying um, reasoning for this. Mm-hmm. Um, although there is um, some very concerning points to be noted. Mm-hmm. I mean, mainly what I noticed is that as a policy, this seems quite arbitrary and mm. very, very broad. Mm. Um, so it seems that there has not been any definition of crisis and it, there doesn't seem to be much potential for it to be construed narrowly. Mm. So um, in this way, it's been noted that it seems to be like um, a way for the commission to kind of assert powers. For example, Mm. um, the FT mentioned that um, it seems to be an effort to deter exporters from initiating similar measures without informing the commission first. Yep. Um, So that's something to be wary of. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Another thing that could be noted is that it seems to be the commission scrambling to um, create a policy for supply crises, um, which it should have had anyway. So Mm -hmm. there seems to be quite a lack of organization on on the part of the commission. Um, For example, we've seen the U.S. already having um, a strategy for um, supply reserves. Um, the U.S. Defense Production Act. So I don't see why the EU, EU hadn't um, enacted something similar in the past. Mm, mm. Even like um, even considering um, how big of a impact COVID had on supply, yeah. um, I just feel like it was something that should have been planned beforehand and mm. should have been done a bit um, more narrowly. Um, so in terms of consequences, obviously, um, what firstly needs to be noted is the intervention with the intervention in 
corporations and industries. Mm -hmm. um, this is mostly because this allows um, the EU to break commercial contracts. Yeah. Um, so again, it's looking to be a direct intervention um, mm. in, in commercial life. Yeah. Um, so this is, this seems quite concerning to me because um, I mean, it, this regulation allows for the commission to kind of know about capacity and backstock, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, companies know what's best and they usually also know what's best for them. And they usually also know what's best for the industry as a whole. Mm. So um, it's kind of unlikely that the commission um, will, um, will do what's actually um, most efficient um, yeah. and on a on a moral level per se um, we could say that this makes it directly against democracy which is definitely what the EU, sta EU stands for mm. um, but in my opinion I feel like as has been a, a common theme recently mm -hmm. this is just, just going to fall back on the consumer yeah. so if supply is stockpiled um and it's limited, prices are going to be driven up. And mm. essentially, the consumer is probably going to have to take the fall once again, yeah. um, which is quite concerning. And I feel like overall, um, this is um, kind of a warning sign because um, I just think that because of all this turmoil going around, mm -hmm. this is perfect timing for the EU to kind of to enact something like this with while going under the radar. Mm. So I feel like because everyone is concerned with the energy crisis, the cost of living crisis, um, and everyone's so desperate for new measures and new solutions, um, it's likely that something like this, which um, in my opinion is quite is too broadly construed and I don't really see how it can be construed narrowly mm -hmm. um, and does have the potential to be quite harmful for both industry and the consumer, especially. Mm. Um, I feel like it's, again, it, it is the perfect timing for the EU to enact something like this, which is quite sloppy to, mm -hmm. to say it plainly. Okay, no problem. So, no, I, I think that, yes, I mean, lots of excellent points there. I mean, obviously... Um, you know, this, this, I think this is very scary, right? I mean, this is, I mean, we did, um, I think I, we, we covered this, um, topic, uh, fairly recently, about a week and a half ago, something like mm -hmm. that. But I think it's worth covering again. And you make extra points as well, because I just think that, um, you know, the EU is, I can, so first of all, I can understand why they're doing it. You know, um, if a yeah. crisis happens, then it makes sense for uh, centralized decisions to be made because um, resources can be mobilized quickly and efficiently. Um, mm. But, you know, the problem is, how do you decide to do it? Now, the, the, um, what they're obviously they're trying to hammer out is the details of all of this, how, how it will look. Um, I think, as again, you, you touched on, what, are the, what, is a, you know, what is a crisis? So that's the first thing. Uh, and then the second thing is, you know, OK, what um, what actions are OK to take in a crisis? And I think that um, 
yeah, as I probably said before, uh, I, I reckon this is the EU just trying to get, trying to, um, well, they're still annoyed with, with how um, uh, the UK managed to get um, uh, uh, vac- you know, vaccines that were made yeah. in Europe. Um, and I think they're still annoyed with that. Um, so, you know, this is their own, their way of get, getting their own back. Um, but I think that, um, I think that, it, that, Although this again, although I can see why it happens and why they want it, I think that the the um, the implementation will be too difficult and too arbitrary because mm-hmm. you know if you are a manufacturer making I don't know, let's say some sort of PPE um, yeah. in uh, in in uh, in Europe and you're doing really well and 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 it's it's all going well you you've got big you know you've got orders from i don't know let's say sort of uh you know asia pacific countries and things and then suddenly you get a phone call from some geezer in brussels who says right you've got to stop giving you know shipping stuff to them you've got to give it to us you know now we obviously we've seen this happen before um during the period of a pandemic where every that you know everywhere is in the same situation yeah but i i mean i'm hoping i'm hoping that the likelihood of that ever happening again is pretty small and so if you you know so what is a crisis you know is a crisis does a crisis have to be worldwide to be a crisis does it have to be in a country to be a crisis um you know just in one country does that count as a crisis you know and then like i say after that it's what do you what actions are reasonable all of these things are very very narrow uh it, it, you know the 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 um sort of the, all of these things are very a very narrow set of circumstances and mm-hmm. i suspect that what the eu is going to want to do is to give itself as much wiggle room as possible and make sure that the that you know there's not too much definition in there but the problem exactly. is if there's no not enough definition then you're giving Brussels massive powers and you don't know what they, how they're going to use it. So that would be my, I think that this is something, and you said quite correctly about how, you know, this goes to the heart of contracts and why, why they're made, why they're enforced and why it is so protected. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think this is quite, um, you know, this is, this is concerning. I know. So there we go. <laughs> anyway, I'll better move on to the next subject. I better move on to the next speaker. So, um, so um, today, what I, what I'm the the subject that I picked out today um, was the controversial uh, thing. A statement I'm going to make, uh, which is clickbaity. Although, of course, you can't click on my voice. Um, so, uh, but I think that the four day week isn't going to work. There it is. I said it, people. Oh, wow. Controversial. I said it, I know, controversial. I know. Whatever it is, the uh, isn't it Radio One? They do the unpopular, or they used to do the un- unpopular opinion, or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so I, so yeah, I don't think the four day week's going to work. Now, mm. first of all, I will say I do like the idea of a four day week. Um, I think it's, I think it means you know you can have a much better work, uh, work life balance. Um, you know, you can do stuff. Because not everyone can do stuff on the weekends, right? So, yes. um, so I think this is this is really good, um, and I think people will be happier as a result. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, um, now there's been this this um, experiment um, which has been quite wide ranging in terms of different um, businesses and 
and, and how it works. And the whole idea of this experiment is to get 100% pay for working four days a week, not five days a week. And um, funnily enough, the, um, the participants love it. Now, I have to say, if I was working in an office and I was part of this um, experiment, I would be doing my utmost to make sure I was ultra productive and that this oh, worked yeah. because Absolutely. I'd want I'd want it to work. I mean, everyone would want it to work. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, I I think that it's a really good thing to do, uh, but I just don't think it's practical. Right. Because um, I think I think there's a number of reasons. One is timing. It looks like mm-hmm. we are now arguably going to enter a, a period of recession. Um, if we are entering a period of recession, companies are going to at least want to feel like um, all hands are on deck. You know, you're, and, and so um, in troubled times, you want to see the office full. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think even psychologically, you just think everyone is pulling in the same direction so yeah, that's one exactly. thing and i think that they're gonna they may well just decide to um uh you know that that you know if if you are so in a recession people buy less of your stuff if you mm. can't sell enough of your stuff <laughs> i know i'm doing all the technical words here but <laughs> if you can't sell enough of your stuff you're not making any profits if you're not making any profits it means you're gonna have to cut cost somehow and usually that is going to be at least partly is going to be down to cutting uh staff numbers yeah. so if you cut and so um who are you going to cut if you got 50 percent of your workforce work five days a week this sounds like a maths problem but it's not going to be <laughs> if you got 50 percent of your uh, staff working five days a week and 50 percent working four days a week psychologically you are going to be drawn i guarantee to the people that are in five days a week you want to more likely to want to protect them because Absolutely. they're showing commitments right they're yeah. showing commitments you're all singing from the same hymn sheet stuff and the other thing as well is if you are working in an environment where a lot of people are there it's all things are going badly and everyone's there and there's, mm-hmm. there's a small number who are there only four days a week i guarantee because i've had this myself when i've been you know working in offices you're like where is so and so? We need yeah. so and so. What are they doing? Oh no, they're just they're um, you know stay off today. You're like what? You know we need this, and they haven't done this, and blah blah blah. It's just an absolute nightmare, and I just think that it won't work. So I think from from a from a timing point of view, it's bad timing. Um, I just also think that, I, but I think you know if if I think why it won't work in in, in terms of it being timing, um, I think that could work the only way it could actually work is if it was made law and everyone did all companies did four days a week Hmm. but i don't know Uh, i don't think i i i don't see that happening um yeah definitely not because i mean i just think you know that i mean we're 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 a country that's trying to become more productive um Hmm. you know produce more it is. It is. And so, you know, I don't see that happening, but I think there is a, you know, a happy medium. I mean, what do you yeah. I mean, what do you think? What do you think? Should you, do you think there's a there's a, um, a medium that can be had between a four day week and uh, and the government enforcing a four day week? Um, I feel like I mean, what I had to add is that it seems that 
not having to work at all on the fifth day um, would maybe encourage some toxic productivity because obviously people would have to fit in their possibly um, quite challenging targets within mm-hmm. one last day. So I feel like the only thing that's looking to be realistic at the moment, and mm-hmm. this is mostly because obviously people during COVID have started to appreciate both the value of flexibility and the value of face-to-face interaction, especially with industries that have a lot of client interaction involved. Um, So I feel like the only realistic option for now could be to maybe not have all five days of the week in in the office, but have Mm. one um, at home, like flexible working, Mm -hmm. uh, which seems to be working quite well in most offices right now mm. um but I, I do agree with you i feel like a four-day week um in its absolute form um is just a slippery slope especially in this environment it would just ne- it would just lead to a lot of people being laid off possibly mm. um quite a bit more easily or mm. for people to um try to only work for four days but um, being unable to fit their targets in and essentially mm. having to work five days anyway. Mm. Mm. No, no, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I think that, um, uh, you know, I mean, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I reckon, I, th- I think, you know, a four-day week, uh, sorry, four days in the office, I mean, I think actually three or four days in the office with the remainder being from home, I think is mm-hmm. workable. I think it does give you better work-life balance than before. Because yeah. let's let's not forget, right? Until um, uh, you know, until COVID, um, no one really was was working from not re- not really not properly on a on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think over the years we've now got used to it. Um, and so actually, I don't think that two or, you know one or two days working from home is um is is you know unreasonable so i think that uh four a four day week would be great but uh, the other thing actually i wanted to add on that one front was you know in uh, among my my friends i would say um say uh, what has tended to happen has been so my female friends they will have um you know they'll 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 be having a baby um going on maternity leave and then they will during the maternity leave they'll think actually do you know what i i i would actually quite like to you know uh be with my baby um mm-hmm. and so they will then you know so they will invariably then go back to the employer and say hey can i do three days or four days and they say yeah yeah that's great because they want they they um want to at least look like they're being nice right so <laughs> um so they do do that but they say, but we'll only pay you for three days in or four days in. Mm. Now, virtually everyone that I know that has done that has said that they do three or four days from home. And the day that they're not supposed to be working, they virtually always end up working exactly. in some way because someone will call them or a client will have forgotten that it's their day, that they're not at home. Yeah, that sort of thing. And yeah. so you might as well get paid for it i say um exactly. if that's going to happen so um so anyway so yes yeah, so anyway i think that um a four-day week sounds lovely 
I think it would be great. I think it would only work if every person does four days, and I don't think that's going to happen. The next yeah. best thing is if you know, um, employers, as a as a way, like a normal, you know, uh, as a normal uh, uh, course of business, um, will offer the uh, possibility of flexible working. So mm-hmm. three or four days in the office or workplace, whatever, one day working from home. Clearly, that's not possible in. Um, labor intensive jobs mm-hmm. um but um but you know in in, in everything else then uh, then i think that, that that would be but anyway but there you go um so i think we'll bring it to uh, bring it to an end there um thank you very much daphne um, thank you. you did did very well on your on your first uh, on your first go on the uh, on the podcast. Thanks very um, much, Peter. That's right, no problem. Um, anyway, well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Um, we'll be back again tomorrow. Um, God knows what we'll be talking about, but I'm sure it'll be yeah. massively impactful. Eventful. <laughs> yes, exactly. Anyway, thank you very much. All right. All right. Bye. Thanks, Bye. Peter. Bye. Bye.